What's up, guys? Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And today we're going to talk about some client pain points. So the main things that we see throughout check-ins, um, as well as some additional ones that clients actually submitted to us through Instagram. So coming firsthand and coming from what we see from the top down. Um, but first, if you're new, if you are a new listener here, two main things we hit on in this podcast, health and fitness and business. That sounded like three, but health and fitness was one. Um, on the health and fitness side of things, SD Evolution is our online health coaching company. Our job there is essentially to filter through the bullshit and teach clients how to apply smaller, maintainable changes that lead to those dramatic transformations over time. Um, so just really evaluating their lifestyles and showing them the basic principles that are going to help them reshape their health, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, energy, biofeedback, as far as, you know, overall aesthetics. That's our job there, just simplifying and making this a much, much easier process for them. On the business side, we offer a unique perspective because we're not at the top of the food chain by any means, but we have had a lot of success. So kind of sharing some things we've done well, some things we've learned, some things we haven't done well and learned from, um, and then allowing you to kind of take those principles. You can apply these to your basic life. Um, if you're an entrepreneur, it's gonna be the most directly relatable, but even if you're working for somebody else, these are things that you can kind of take and apply to what you do on a day-to-day -day basis to climb to that highest level. So different things will kind of filter in through that. If you're a returning listener, do us a favor and leave us a quick review. Um, you guys have been awesome about doing that lately. We do appreciate that. So if you wanna hit pause here, go leave that review and come back. So diving in, obviously we see a lot of similar issues You know, when clients are talking to us on a day-to-day -day and a week-to-week -week basis. Um, there's a lot of overlap. So when we talk about applying smaller maintainable changes that lead to those bigger transformations, it's because we've identified several problem areas. So going through, whether it's movement, whether it's their mindset, whether it's, you know, specific training protocols they were utilizing before coming to us, nutrition, what those habits look like, just overall things that are factors in their health. Um, so we've laid out a list of a bunch of the most common ones, the common ones that we see, and again, we had some clients actually reach out uh, through Instagram, or not clients, but anybody who was following on Instagram kind of send over some things that they really struggle, struggle with and some things they feel are holding them back the most. Um, so when we dive in with a couple of those, this is a good one because it's, it's one of the most common ones that we see. So feeling like this is a full-time job that doesn't pay the bills and it's overwhelming at times. So how would you say, or how would you teach someone in a, in a quick version how they could make this feel less overwhelming. Yeah, I think there's a few things we can touch on here, but I would say I agree. This is a common pain point with anyone who's sort of starting this journey or maybe restarting this journey. And I think your perspective here matters the most because I think, what did she say? She feels like it's not paying the bills. It's a full-time job, but it doesn't pay the bills. Well, you have to think about it like your, your health pays all of the bills like what you put into your health allows you to show up in every other area of your life whether it's your family whether it's what you do for work whether it's what you do you know around the house whatever it is your hobbies your interests if your health is in the shitter all of those other areas are going to be not as efficient and enjoyable and just you're not going to be able to give as much as you would be able to give if you were focusing on your health. So I often hear this a lot from 
you know, newly postpartum moms or just new moms in general, they feel like they can't take the time to go work out and take time away from their kid because it's time away from their kid or their family. But if you're not taking that time for you and filling up your cup, you will literally have nothing else to give everybody else. So I would say perspective is the first thing that you kind of have to understand that it may not feel like it's paying the bills initially, but it absolutely bleeds into every area of your life. One of the famous, famous, one of my most favorite lines I've ever heard. Um, I won't get into the context because it's, <laughs> I'll just leave the context where it is. Um, what's more important, your health or your wealth? Most people will say their health. What do you apply more time to, your health or your wealth? Everyone will say their wealth. So if your health is more important, why is all of your time going towards your wealth? And at the end of the day, even if you accumulate, you know, this massive sum of wealth, if your health isn't there, you're not enjoying one penny of it. You feel like shit, nothing's fun. You're not spending your money doing fun things. You're probably spending most of that money on healthcare because you just didn't take care of yourself. So ask yourself that same question. What's more important to you, your health or your wealth? What do you apply more time towards your health or your wealth? Um, and if you can answer that truthfully, you know, it's going to be eye-opening. And then if you can kind of take that in the context and let that be eye-opening and understand, okay, well, if that should be the balance, what does this split actually look like? And I want to dive in further from that because I don't want this to actually feel like it is a full-time job and it's work and it's just depressing and it's not fun to do because that's what we work with our clients on. This isn't something where we're going to overwhelm you with our process this is something where we teach you simple habits that you can implement throughout the day that don't even feel like you're doing anything. They just make you feel good. Um, so these aren't chores. You know, these aren't tasks. We don't give you homework. Here's what your lifestyle looks like. Cool. Here are the things we need to implement into your lifestyle. Fantastic. How do we do that? What does that protocol look like? Um, so if you are a one-to-one -one client, you know that we take your literal blueprint of your lifestyle and we work with you on every single concept. If you're using the SDE method app, um, we've laid out those protocols. We've given you some tips within that on how to implement those. But at the end of the day, the most important thing you can do is make these things very, very minimal. So we talk about habits being daily non-negotiables. They're automatic. That only happens when they're extremely easy to, to do and very short. doesn't take long at all. So for example, your goal is reading two, two books a month. The habit that leads to that goal is reading two pages per night. Can you read two pages per night? You got home late for work. The kids have been crazy you're exhausted. Can you read two pages? Yes. Did I ask you to read a chapter? No, the habit is two pages. So that's what we're talking about. You know, we have a universal set of habits with our one to one clients. One of those is to drink a glass of more of water first thing in the morning as soon as you wake up. Can you wake up and drink a glass of water? Yes. Did that take away from your routine? No. Did that take any measurable amount of time that you know, you had to take out of another um, obligation? No, you woke up, you had a drink of water. Cool. That's what we do. We stack those types of habits, little things that are going to make you feel better throughout the day, little things that are going to help you improve your body composition throughout the day or lead to whatever other goals that you have. Those are the things that we're talking about. I think the common struggle here too is that a lot of people think they have to change their entire life in a day or in a week and just like re 
Greek structure, everything all at once. So of course, when you approach it that way, it's going to be really overwhelming and it's probably not going to be sustainable. So going along with everything Josh said, you have to start small. You have to start with the tiny things that almost seem too easy and almost seem like they're not really pushing the needle. But when you zoom out and look at the bigger picture and you look back three months from now, you're going to see that those things compounded into more and more little things, which created some bigger, more sustainable and just lasting changes. So don't try to change everything at once. Understand that it's going to take time. And if it feels overwhelming right now, how do you scale that back so that it doesn't? Those little things are the only things that are going to change your life. Like you can do things in the short term that are going to change your immediate future, but to change your life, they have to be such small things or you're going to stop doing them. So you say, oh, how can this one tiny little thing change my life? Do that for a year straight and tell me what your life looks like. Pick two habits, two easy habits, very minimal. The morning glass of water and the two pages per day. Do those for a year and I guarantee you're going to feel the difference. So it's, it's not doing those little things one time. It's doing them 365 times, doing them 730 times over and over and over and over and over, creating lifestyle changes. Next one, how to start because I hate starting over and just want to be consistent. And this is the foundation. So this is a fantastic question. How do you start? And it's kind of what we just started touching on. It's creating, let's say you start with a list. These are the things I'd like to accomplish. So let's list out two or three goals, write that down. How do we get to those goals? By implementing habits. So for each of those two or three things that you just wrote down as goals, come up with two or three, or really one or two, one or two very, very tiny tasks that'll help get you there. So let's pick one goal. I wanna lose weight. What are two things you could do every single day to help yourself lose weight? One, move. What's a movement goal? What could you do every single day? Can you take a five minute walk at lunchtime? Let's write that down, that's number one. Second one, let's look at diet for this side. So it's movements on one side, let's look at diet for the other side. What's very easy, something you don't have to think about, it just happens. Can you have a plant at every meal? And I'm not talking about a plate full of a thousand different veggies, have one plant. So if you're running on a crunch time, you're running out the door, a handful of nuts, pistachios. Breakfast, you're not sure what to do, throw a couple berries on some yogurt. That's it, it's that simple. So those are your two goals. Move, five minute walk at lunchtime, eat a plant at every meal. Those two things, if you do that for a year, will change your life. And it's if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, that was really simple and almost too easy, like that's our point here. Like most of you guys who are, you know, struggling with just starting or being consistent are a little bit of an overachiever in the sense that you're you're setting things, setting goals and setting up processes for yourself that are unrealistic because you haven't mastered the basics yet. So master those small things, master the basics, and I guarantee you, you will get to where you want to be. Next question. I eat well overall, but I also need something at night. Uh, I love good junk food. I think we can kind of go in a few different directions with this one. Um, so this person is saying that they do eat well overall. Um, I'd be curious to see what really that looks like. 
But, you know, if most of your day is full of those nutrient-dense sources, you're eating a variety of plants and fiber throughout your day, your protein intake is where it needs to be, your meals are balanced, you feel like you're, you know, sitting down and thoroughly chewing each meal and digestion is on point. So lots of factors here at play to kind of go into what quote-unquote eating well is. Um, But there's nothing wrong with having a snack at the end of the day. And I just posted um, a little reel the other day mentioning this. I have another one coming for Instagram. But what I do is if I'm in a specific phase like fat loss where I'm tracking my macros consistently, it's a little bit more strict quote unquote and I'm being really adherent and I know I like having something sweet after dinner, what I'll do is I'll go into my macros app I will log whatever that is first, whether it's a Yasso bar or some type of cookie or, you know, whatever we have. I'll put that in first for the day, knowing that that's already taken care of. It's in my macros for the day. And then I plan the rest of my meals around that. And it sets me up for success because it's something that I can still look forward to. It's creating that nice balance in my day where I'm not being super restrictive of the foods that I'm eating. And then, you know, I go in and I'm cross off all of those check boxes that I talked about before as far as what eating well actually means. So you can balance it that way. And again, at the end of the day, this is really all checks and balances as far as, you know, how you approach your nutrition. But the majority of the food that you eat should be that nutrient-dense food. And I think we can also kind of address that that treat doesn't have to be a bowl of ice cream. Right. Like since I've kind of cut back on my process, kind of I've significantly cut back on processed foods. Like I think I mentioned in a previous podcast, I've shifted a ton of my carbs into fats because I can get more whole foods, more fats in from whole foods than I typically do if I have 500 carbs to eat. Like that's when I, I run to carbs just for a filler. Like those processed carbs are much easier to eat. Um, you can get them in a lot quicker. And if I don't feel like eating a pound of potatoes, like that's what I turn to. So since I've made this shift, since I have significantly cut down on the amount of processed foods and processed added sugars, I don't crave those things later at night. Like I might crave a treat, but that treat could literally be like a bowl of cherries. And like that hits my sweet tooth perfectly. I haven't implemented like dark chocolate very often. That's something like if I'm really craving something, like I'd, I'd look to that as well. There's different things you can do too. So doing like a... um what do we make that time? It was like a dark chocolate bark. I was just with thinking about that the other day. It was so good. It's so good. So we melted. Uh, it was in dark one of chocolate the books. and white chocolate. The eat yourself healthy. Yeah, Dr. Um, Megan Rossi. Megan Rossi, she's awesome. Um, so there's healthy recipes, quote unquote, healthier, where you're getting that treat, but you're also getting a blast <laughs> of nutrients within that. So that is like, that was like candy itself. You're doing dark chocolate, white chocolate, little bits of mango, pistachios, and. I think something was drizzled on top, but it was incredible. I think, too, that you have to sort of take a step back and objectively look at this situation as well, because a lot of this could be mindset related in the sense that the fact that you want this treat or whatever it is that you're referring to every single day at the end of the night, is this more so just a habit and like stemming from something else and something that you just kind of got into the habit of doing? Like, do you actually want this thing? I think that's an important question to ask yourself each day because obviously, you know, our hunger levels are going to change every day, our energy levels, you're probably eating different things each day. Um, You should be eating different things each day, which we've talked about 
as far as nutrient diversity. But a lot of the times I find with our clients, it's, it's less that they feel it's less that they actually want this thing and more that they feel like they just they need to have it and it's it's a habit so we are programmed to repeat 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 and so those habits that she's talking about it's it's your cycle it's your daily cycle so this has been huge for me like with my phone and this is something that i talk about with my clients with technology especially right before bed we wake up grab the phone go to bed pick up the phone like it's, it's always a draw to the phone and you have a habit where, you know, you're pulled to that. So what I've been doing is just recognizing this is a habit. I'm reaching for my phone. What else can I do? Is there something that I need on my phone? Is there something I'm going to look up on my phone? Is there something specific I need to utilize my phone for right now? If the answer is no, I put it down and I think about what I could better do with my time, especially before bed. I'll meditate. I'll read a book. There is nothing I actually want on my phone. And I go through this, just think about it. Why do I need my phone? I'll go through it. I don't even want my phone. I reached my phone because subconsciously, not thinking about it, I was just going to take my phone and scroll through it because that's what we are programmed to do because that's what we have done every single day for who the hell knows how long. So be aware of it. As we talk about, be aware of an issue and then you can change it. I'm aware that I'm reaching for my phone. I'm thinking about why I want it. I actually don't want it. And now I can go read a book. And now I'm blasting through books faster than I ever have. So replacing that time, that just making it more productive and getting more out of it and getting more out of your life because we're not zombies staring at our screens for seven hours. Be aware, recognize it, and adapt. That's how you create change. Sticking to a routine, um, we'll keep that one quick because that's what we've been talking about this whole time. Small, maintainable <laughs> changes that lead to the dramatic transformations over time. Very simple habits, implement them. You may create a routine by identifying what's important to you. Create the goals, create habits along with that, reshape your routine. I do want to touch on that quickly though. I think that we talked about this on one of our uh, monthly client Zoom calls and I forget which one, what the topic was, but you almost have to romanticize your routine. Like my morning routine is something I thoroughly I'm excited for every single night when I go to bed. I get excited thinking about what I get to wake up and do in the early hours of the morning before everybody else wakes up. And it's, you know, three to four things that really just bring me joy and make me feel good. So I think romanticizing and almost making it kind of excited to go about whether it's a morning routine or just your overall routine in general, whatever it is, make it exciting, make it enjoyable and make it super easy. Absolutely. Losing track and overeating at social events. So this is something we actually just talked about yesterday on our team call, just um, transitioning to intuitive eating. So it's just being aware of your, your internal cues and paying attention to those. So one of the big things we kind of talked about was, you know, don't overload that first plate. Don't take three of everything because you don't want to get back up. Like take one moderate plate, small plate to a moderate plate, Pick some of the things that you like in moderate portion sizes. Enjoy in moderation. Finish that plate. Sit for 10 minutes. Drink a glass of water. Let that settle. And you might not even want to get up for that second plate. If you're still hungry, get up and have that second plate. But after those 10 minutes, you're probably going to feel satiated. You're probably going to feel satisfied. Um, and if you had just inhaled that first plate and just kept in that cycle, maybe you went up for another plate anyway with that bigger plate. Um, we just tend to act like things aren't, what would you say? They don't exist. 
We so like things don't exist. The scarcity mindset. So when we go to a family event or have a holiday party or whatever it is, we're out for dinner and it's like this occasion. We get in the mindset that whatever it is that we're having there, whatever type of food it is, whether it's a barbecue or a pizza place or a birthday cake or Christmas dinner, whatever it is, we think in our minds that this event is just once per year and it's really our only chance to have these foods until the next year or we feel like we're never going to have them again when in reality we all know that you can have these things as often as you want to in you know in moderation but when you kind of approach it from the mindset that I can only have these things now so I might as well get as much as I can before the day's over because tomorrow it's it's just back to normal like that's going to cause you to overeat that's mentally just not a healthy way to think about it um so you know I feel like in the fitness industry especially it can go both ways we have the people who sort of tell you that you shouldn't enjoy any of these events and you know these are things where you should bring your own Tupperware to and eat your own meals and you know you can't have anything that's not on your meal plan or whatever and then you have the other extreme where you know you go and just enjoy it and overeat and don't think about it we're sort of in the middle we think that obviously each scenario and each individual should approach each scenario differently and kind of approach it in the way that best fits their life, their phase, whatever their goals are at the time. But at the end of the day, it's just one meal. It's one meal. And when you think about how many meals you have over the course of a year, is that really going to impact things that greatly? No, but you can definitely approach it in more of a mindful way so that you can number one, enjoy yourself. We want this to be something that you enjoy because these events and social gatherings are a big part of our lives. And number two, you know, you should leave there feeling good and feeling proud of yourself, not feeling super stuffed and sick and not feeling like you didn't get to enjoy yourself because you were thinking about what you couldn't eat the whole time. So um, it takes time. It's definitely a practice, but learning how to sort of sit with your hunger cues and just be more mindful about the food that you're eating in these situations is a big part of that. Yeah, simple steps to walk through. Enjoy in moderation, prioritize protein and nutrients, drink plenty of water, um, eat slowly, and stop eating when you're full. So all that happens in succession. So if you do all those things, you can really pay attention to what your body's telling you. Hey, we've had enough. We can shut it down. We're satisfied. All right, that kind of, I like this one. Uh, Making myself eat healthy and exercising when I'm not feeling it. So this is a situation where we say, hey, don't rely on motivation. Obviously, you know, create a routine and stick to it. It's a little general. Um, So you're not always going to feel like it. Usually, unless you're like in that super motivated phase, you're probably not going to feel like it. But if you are building these in, everything that we're talking about is kind of ebbing and flowing back into into themselves. If you are creating these habits, if you are creating these changes that are maintainable, it's not overwhelming. It's not a task that you have to really hype yourself up to do. It's just, hey, these are the basic staples that I need to get done. Once I get these done, I'm good. I'm, I'm in a good place. My health is where it needs to be. I feel good. I'm sleeping well. I'm moving well. I'm eating well. Um, so if you don't feel like doing a crazy workout session, don't. If you're in a specific phase where you need to, make that part of your routine and get it done. If you don't have to be training for something, if you're happy with where you're at physically and mentally, just move your body. You don't have to be in the gym. Go for a hike, 
go for a walk with the kids, go play basketball. It doesn't matter. Just move your body. If at worst case scenario, go take a two or three mile walk, get your steps in, make sure you're getting to 7,000 steps every day. As far as eating, I mean, we can't hype you up to eat well. That's, that's not something you should be hyped about. It's just something that happens. You want to do because you want to feel good, make your food taste good. Don't live at Wendy's and McDonald's and, you know, go shopping for all the processed shit, all the chips, whatever. Make healthy food taste good. Spend a little time cooking it. We talk about motivation more towards the the training sides of things. But, you know, given that this question, you know, directly integrated both, there shouldn't ever need be a motivation to eat well. It should just be this is what I do to feel good and this is why I want to do it. Yeah, I think you really have to tie it to how all of these things make you feel after, after you're done eating, after you're done training, you know, if you put in the effort and you get through the meal or the training day, you're going to feel good after, and it's going to positively contribute to your life. Um, so, you know, maybe it's trying a new simple recipe. Um, I went through a, we went through a phase where we just really fell, fell back from the whole meal prep thing for a little bit. Um, and it was almost like it was hard to get back into, but it was almost like I needed to remind myself like there are other recipes out there and how cooking can be something that you really enjoy. And lately I, we've been doing more cooking, I would say, or at least I have, um, than I have in a long time. And it just, the process of it is something that I really enjoy because it's time that I can kind of just zone in and focus on what I'm doing and creating something. And then, you know, obviously you have a really lovely and delicious meal at the end. So it's that end result that really just sort of pushes me through those harder times when it's hard to do things that I don't necessarily want to do. Appetite fluctuations with my cycle. I can't combat hunger in week three. So this is going to be very individual. There's lots of like craziness on TikTok, especially right now about like training around your cycle and eating around your cycle and all of these things. Um, Littlest Fitness or Docless Fitness is her new username. She did her PhD on all of this stuff and um, she is, would be a great resource for you to go check out. But from what I gather, it's super individual. Um, there isn't like a protocol necessarily that you should be following on either side, training or nutrition, um, but tuning into your own cycle, tracking your cycle and figuring out what that looks like for you is important, which it sounds like this person, you know, you've been paying attention to that. So I would say it's not abnormal to be feeling a little bit more hungry during certain times of your cycle. And it's okay to just eat a little bit more. Maybe you bump up your calories two to 300 calories during those few days, or if it's a week um, in the grand scheme of things that's probably not going to impact too much at all especially if you like purposely increase those calories and you can plan your meals out a little bit better better rather than trying to stick to whatever you're at right now for your calories and then going over and like snacking on random things or just going over not in the most optimal way if that makes sense so having a planned increase can be something that Mentally makes you feel better, physically makes you feel better, and just sets you up a little bit better, and then you drop back down um, when your appetite, you know, sort of flatlines a little bit again. But super individual, track your cycle, pay attention to those fluctuations, and adjust as needed. 
Next up, eating enough. Now have a fear of food because I break out with nothing. 1,000 calories max for seven years. That's no not, bueno. Not a lot of food. Um, so a couple things here. 1,000 calories is super low. Uh, just for like a comparison, which maybe you guys have heard this before, maybe not, but a toddler, so like Kai, should be eating 1,200 calories around that per day. Um so obviously as grown adults we need more than that and what's happening is because you have eaten so little for so long your body has adapted to that lower intake so anytime you you do go up or you do eat over what you are trying to eat at a thousand calories of course your body's going to respond in weird ways because it's it's going to seem like a surplus or seem like excess so i would recommend a more rapid reverse diet here um that way it's controlled increases maybe a little bit of a faster pace just because this is a super low intake and it's i would say dangerously low that it's going to be impacting overall health including you know hormones just your your hunger your appetite your energy levels of course your training everything your sleep your stress so i think that increasing your calories is is just something that you are going to have to do and I don't want to say just deal with the side effects that may or may not come with that but it it's gonna it's gotta happen right like there's no other way you can go it's either you stay where you are or you do the hard thing and spend the time eating more food letting your body adapt and you will eventually get to a place where you can maintain at a higher intake your body is you know fueled you're feeling much better overall so um, sometimes we have to do the hard thing in order to reach that next level. We're going to do rapid fire for a few. Um, I feel like those I, are, were rapid fire for me. I mean, I mean like super rapid fire. Okay. I just had one that was over here and I can't find it one second. Oh, <clears throat> um, essentially don't have enough time to, um, to work out or to meal prep. So, I'm going to give you the, the magic wand, the magic elixir. Pull up your phone, open your screen time in your app, your settings, in your phone, and you will magically discover probably at least two to four hours of your time. Mm-hmm. And I will personally high-five you if you don't. But I can, I can guess 90% of the population is within two to four hours. I think another good thing to do is um, there is some type of app out there. I'm blanking on the name right now, but... It will pretty much like or just do hour by hour of your day. Like what is happening at the top of each hour, set an alarm. When that alarm goes off, you write down what exactly took place during that hour of the day. Do that for one day. And I'm sure there's definitely some chunks of time that just are not accounted for as far as things that need to be happening. They're just very unproductive. So the answer to that is be realistic with yourself you do have the time to work out. You can find 15 to 20 minutes to work out at a very at the bare minimum. You can find a half an hour to meal prep. That'll get you through at least four days. So that's just be realistic. Here's your wake up call. You do have the time. You're just sticking your nose in your phone or sitting down and taking a nap. And I understand naps are needed sometimes, but you have the time. That's, that's not a question. These are very slow-moving, rapid-fire questions, Josh. I know, because I have them 
I have the rapid fire answers <laughs> as I'm scrolling through them. Whatever you land on next, go. Work long hours is essentially the same thing. Lack discipline. You might lack discipline. You just don't have a routine. And I think as far as working long hours, I'm not sure if this is like shift work or whatever it is. We've had clients who are nurses, doctors, lawyers. I mean, you name it. We've had that type of client. And again, it goes back to your routine and figuring out when you can make time for the things that you need to. And even though you may be tired and, you know, you work long days, maybe there's a day on your day off where you can put a little bit more effort into meal prep or take time for a longer workout. And it's just a matter of looking at your week as a whole and figuring out where you do have the energy and effort to put in. And obviously putting energy and effort into things like your health and fitness are going to give you more energy and give you just better, that better feeling overall. So it's a give and a take. Balancing doing this with feeding my family. So this should be ideally a situation where you're applying this to both so you're setting that example for your family um, you're making healthy foods you're making those healthy foods taste good let's say you just have and this is another spinoff um, but just a super unsupportive spouse so they don't want to eat your shit that's not they're not on the plan they don't have they don't want to be on your plan they want to order out every night they want to you know if that's the situation fine like that's that's struggle city but you can also set clear boundaries if, if they're your spouse they need to be supportive of your goals Here's what I want to do for myself. This is why this is very important to me. So here's what I'm going to be doing. And if they can't support that, then you have a whole other set of issues to yeah, do what's going to work through. It's fine if they don't want to do the same exact thing that you're doing. That's not their journey to go on, but they should at the very least want to support you in being a better human and feeling better. Like that's just the bare minimum pretty straightforward and that yeah. kind of parlays right into friends and family aren't supportive so you laid this stuff out you told them what they're doing um and they just they don't support you so asking them why why they can't be supportive and at the very least why they can't just you know take that space back in the bubble and just don't comment don't try to set me off track don't do things to purposely put me out and if they are it's a them why are, problem. Why are you? Well, it's a them problem. But why are you around these types of people? Right. As someone who's deliberately time, trying to sabotage your goals after you've outlined, and this is this is step one: is outline why you're doing it again, what you're doing, why you're doing it, what you need from them, if anything, and at the bare minimum, that's just respect. Mm -hmm. If they can't give you respect, why are they in your life? And if they're trying to tear you down, it's it's likely because they are either jealous that you're putting this effort in or wish that they could do something like that or it's stemming from something that's that's in, coming from whatever their struggles are so don't take it personally but also set those boundaries so that you are not impacted by that negativity last one because i think it's an important one um feeling down after social media comparisons and this is something we probably all do to an extent unless you've already mastered this mental skill set of of putting things into perspective and understanding what social media is um is just to stop the comparisons to other people like even within your life like in in real life we've got to cut that back and only compare yourself to yourself and in the present versus in the present not even where you were 10 years ago but right now where are you where do you want to be Compare that to what you've applied to make changes. Okay, so I started this three weeks ago. I've started this three months ago. I started this six months ago. What have you applied? Can you see those comparisons? Can you see the progress within those comparisons? If you're not seeing progress, 
Why aren't you seeing progress? Have you been consistent? Is the protocol not dialed in correctly? Do you need a new protocol? That's the opportunity to do comparisons, but to kind of take a step back from the social media world, understand what that is, understand a lot of this is fantasy land. It's people selling you the best version of their lives that only exists for a fraction of the period of time that it looks like. Yeah, so be objective and you you really can't put people, whoever it is, doesn't matter if they're a celebrity or just someone that you follow or someone in your life, you can't put them on a pedestal. They are no different than you and you're no different than them. We are all just humans coexisting and you know it may seem like they have reached that next level that maybe you want to be at or you know you look up to them in some way but there's no reason why you cannot also be there so I think reminding yourself of that um it's kind of like you hear stories all the time where people meet you know someone a celebrity that they love and that they really look up to and they meet them in person and it's like they're kind of like wow they're just a normal person or they or they were like really just taken aback because they weren't everything that they thought they were in real life so it's coming from experience <laughs> recent recent experience perhaps bit. um you have to keep that perspective that we're all equally able to do whatever the heck we want to do and that you just can't compare so take Josh's notes about being objective and looking at what you have done and also remind yourself that they're no more special than you are. Understand social media is a stage. So not to call these people liars and fake, but they are performers on a stage. So you to build a following, you need to perform on this stage. And if you kind of blend in, then you're not going to grow your audience. If you're the one standing out and doing certain things, it might take certain people a ton of effort to do that. So they are not like that in real life. They do that to get your attention and to get a message across. And it's very beneficial and positive in a lot of instances. A lot of good things happen from that. Um, but it is still a stage. It is still literally staged. This stuff, they put money into marketing for social media. So don't uh, you wouldn't compare yourself to what you see on a TV show or in a movie. This is the real life version of that. People are... are quote unquote acting a certain way to get your attention and the message across. So kick yourself down. Depression is an all time high because of the shit that you're seeing on there and comparing yourself to be aware of it, adapt and move forward. We're going to wrap it up here, guys. Where can they catch you? I'm at Alessandra Skutnik. I'm at Josh Skutnik. Everything else is linked in the show notes. See you guys in the next episode. Hey.